Peter this idea from verse 1 that is written to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout that area. It would suggest that I don't think aliens here means they were from another country on the planet Earth. But it's the idea that Christians are from another country. We're different. We're, we belong to the Lord. Almost like we're extraterrestrials. We're really not so much from another country as from a whole other universe. And that has a lot of practical implications in our life. In all sorts of ways. Uh, both in terms of how people sometimes treat us. Think about how people sometimes treat foreigners but also in terms of the kind of life we live and our focus and perspective. And so really, almost everything in First Peter is centered around this concept that we're strangers and pilgrims. We don't belong here. And we noticed a few verses like that um, last time, but we'll see some just in our reading here. Um, so he's talking about some um, kind of uh, commands, some some. Um, things he's, he's asking of them here. So 17 to 21. If you address as father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth, knowing that you are not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers but with precious blood, as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. He said a lot in that. He talks about us addressing as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work. How do we look at a judge? Authority. Yeah. There's a certain degree of fear, or at least um, concern. How do you feel when a policeman's following you? Does that make you a little tenser? And maybe a little more careful to be sure you're uh, doing the right thing and you're using your turn signal properly and, you know, whatever else you think you're supposed to do. I mean, you know, we understand with authority comes the responsibility we have. And so God is the judge, but he's not just the judge, he's the impartial judge. Why would he tell us that God impartially judges? How does that affect us? It should make us feel better because we don't have to worry about some bias. But at the same time, it could make us feel worse because we don't have a bias in our favor then. There's no curve. Yeah. (laughs) I think uh, there's no teacher's pets. You know, God's not going to sweep some people's sin under the rug. There's no favorites. So we can't assume that, well, you know, God's our Father and, you know, everything will be okay. He impartially judges, so if we get on the wrong side of the law, so to speak, you know, we will be in for it. So so he says as a result of that, as a result of that, conduct yourselves in fear. Now, he doesn't mean absolute terror and panic, but we really need to be fearful of displeasing the Lord, of incurring his wrath and judgment. 
the thought of the judgment day ought to be a motivation to us. You know, when we're tempted, and we think about the fact that we're going to stand before God as, as judge, uh, that could really help us to make the right decision. That's what he wants here. Conduct yourselves in fear. I, my version of what Sarah read, during the time of your stay on earth, Somebody else got something different for the time of your stay on earth in verse 17. They almost all have the New American Standard. Exile. Exile. Yeah. <coughs> the idea of an exile is you're away from your homeland. Pilgrimage <coughs> is another way this can be translated. The, it's not just your stay like, you know, I'm just going to stay there for a while. But it means like a short-term stay in a foreign country. You know, we don't belong here. We're just passing through. And that's the way he's looking at it. We're foreigners. We're not from here. We're not staying here long term. We just got this short stay in this foreign land. While we're here, we need to conduct ourselves with the fear of the Lord, recognizing that he is the judge. You know, we almost need to think of this as we're on here for specific business during a short time. We need to accomplish our mission. And then we'll be gone. That that mindset really helps us. So, I mean, one of the things that motivates us, then, is God's judgment. That ought to make us conduct ourselves in fear. But look at another thing that motivates us in verse 18. What's that? 18 and 19. The price that was paid. Yeah. Which was a lot. He says we were redeemed not with things like silver or gold. Now, if we were redeemed with silver and gold, usually those two uh, elements are associated with what? <coughs> silver and gold are very... Costly. Costly, wealthy. yeah. Silver and gold means, whoa, the price would be up there. See, well, it wasn't that. So what were we redeemed with? Something a whole lot cheaper? What was it? The blood of Christ. The blood of Christ. Which, can you place a price on human life? And this was the life of God's own son? That was worth a lot more than silver and gold. We were redeemed with the most costly thing there could be. That shows you how much the Lord loves us. It ought to give us a lot of gratitude and appreciation and amazement that, that God has done that for us. And what did he redeem us from? So he's he like paying the price, and it's not gold and silver. It took it took the life of his son. What did he redeem us from? Your feudal way of life, inherited from your forefathers. So they had this way that their family, their ancestors, had lived that was feudal, empty aimless. And God paid the price to rescue them out of that way of life. Sorry about that. Uh, sorry, out of that way of life. Um, that that was that was empty. That wasn't going anywhere. And, and God was willing to pay for that with Jesus' blood. You know, with, with his life. And so that ought to really impress us. I mean, those two things <coughs> ought to really straighten us up. You know, realizing God impartially judges and realizing that God paid so much to redeem us from the way of life, so should we uh, just go right back into that way of life? You know, he, he bought us out of it so that we could enjoy that redemption, that freedom 
from that empty uh, way of life. Thoughts and comments through 19. Question. Yes. I don't remember. Did we say, I mean, it's, it is Peter. Did we say this was written to Jews? You know, I would think maybe some of both. I mean, but there are several passages that seem to indicate many of them were Gentiles, like this one. You've also got over in chapter 4 and verse uh, uh, 3, for the time already passed is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles. So if they if they were Jews, they were living like Gentiles mm-hmm. at least. So I suspected some of them. I didn't know if the feudal way of life was being under the law, or if that was... I think it's more the idea of every life outside of Christ is empty. You know, it really doesn't make any difference what they what it was before. It all fit in the same category. Whether it was the old law or a pagan lifestyle or anything. Right, right, yeah, I think so. Notice that Jesus in verse 20 was foreknown before the foundation of the world. I think the idea is that God's plan was to send Jesus to redeem us before he ever created the world. And why did God send Jesus? What do we just say? <coughs> to redeem us from our old way of life. It is amazing that God, before he ever created, was planning to send his son to redeem us. Here are these strangers and pilgrims that are nobodies on planet Earth, that are actually at the forefront of God's, uh, you know, historical plan. That That's incredible, that God was preparing and planning to redeem us from our bad way of life before he ever uh, created. And uh, so he foreknown, this, is, this has been what he thought out ahead of time. But now Jesus has actually appeared in these last t- times for the sake of you. We live in the last era of human history. The era after Jesus has come to redeem us. And uh, he says that we, through Jesus, are believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that our faith and hope should be in God. There's so much emphasis in this letter on hope. Because as foreigners, we're hoping to go home. We're hoping to get out of this life and go to be with the Lord. We're pilgrims. And uh, so so we, we've been saved, but, but that's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to fulfill, fulfill our hope by being with the Lord. And so we ought to live for the one who died for us. So he's really encouraging them to get out of their old way of life and trust and hope in the Lord based upon all that he's done and based on the fact that he's going to impartially judge us. That's what I see through verse 21. Thoughts and comments. Well, we may have said this uh, the last time we studied, but if you are a foreigner in another country, um, who would you like to see? People from your country. Absolutely. You know, you can feel that special bond. And I, you know, when we lived in Brazil, you know, there were Americans that I would have had almost nothing in common with in the U.S. That it felt so good to just see them and talk to them 
They spoke our language. They understood our history. We had common roots. Well, that's certainly true in Christ. There's a certain specialness, a comradeship of those who are in the Lord. We're these few foreigners in this other universe, and we really identify with each other. So 22 to 25. Since you have an obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord abides forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. Okay, very good. Since you have, in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren. It's by obeying the truth, obviously, that our souls have been purified. When he says, you purified your souls, what is it, well, how does he mean souls? This is yourselves. Exactly. It means your person, yourself. First Peter is a great book to break us of the idea of thinking every time we read soul in the Bible, we ought to think of some disembodied spirit. Soul in First Peter means person, as in the original, in some of the translations, eight souls were saved by water. Well, it wasn't their disembodied spirits that were saved in Noah and his family's case. It was their, their person. So when we talk about a soul, it wasn't a soul around. We don't mean... That wasn't any How would you know? Exactly. <laughs> there might have been ghosts or whatever else. Yeah. Uh, but there wasn't a person around, yeah. So we use it that way, too. But we tend to short-circuit when we come to the Bible and assume every time it says soul, it means kind of a spirit. And it rarely does. Most of the time, soul means person. So that's what it means here. That you, in obedience to truth, you purified your, yourselves for a sincere love of the brethren. Um, what other kinds of love would there be besides sincere love? Unsincere love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Non-sincere love. <laughs> Spiritual love. Okay, but if it's sincere, the idea is it's like it's real and not fake. Are there people that have fake love? Kind of sincere. Yeah, right? Yeah, who act like, they talk like they love. You know, they'll tell you how great you are and what do they do behind your back. Stab you. You know, so he's not talking about this just, you know, kind of... Uh, you know, talking nice in front of the person. He means a real love. Fervently love one another from the heart. The the term fervent is really energetic. It takes a lot of effort to love each other that way. By the way, one another's statements pretty much are all, all, are all over the New Testament. You know, and, and especially the idea we ought to love one another. But here, love one another fervently, and from the heart, with everything you've got, really intensely care about uh, each other. Why? Because you've been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. Being born again, that's kind of an odd way to think about it, but uh, 
if you could be born again in this life, uh, who would you like to become? The son of who? God. Well, yeah. <laughs> Think about in this life if you could do that. An astronaut. An astronaut. You have astronautical. Yeah. <laughs> Walt Disney. Actually, I'd want to be the son of Neil Armstrong's father. Okay, <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, or maybe somebody well off. Some, nice. Someone, someone powerful. Yeah, that's yes. it. So, but if you think about being born again, it would put you in a different family, potentially. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like being adopted. You know, when you're adopted, you're not adopted by your adopted. parents, right? Your your own parents' child. <laughs> You know, you'd be adopted into another family. And sometimes that could be a good deal, depending on the other family. Well, here, we've been born again into another family. And and that really helps with the fact that we're aliens here, and the world rejects us, because we've got a belongingness. We belong to this new family. But but we have then this, this close brother-sister relation, relationship with the other people who've been born into this family as well. <laughs> and we're born again by the enduring... Word of God. You know, so the Word of God has caused us to be born again. So we have this this different family, this different nature that really makes us close and loving and attached to each other. Now, he really emphasizes this idea that the Word of God never goes out of style. It's not obsolete. It's not superseded. Uh, you know, it's, it's the living and enduring Word of God versus what? What is you know, kind of short-lived here in this section. Grass. Grass. And what does he compare the grass to? Flesh. Flesh. People. Again. The whole idea is that people and their glory and their pomp and their accomplishments go out just like that. But the one thing that really lasts is the Word of God. Um, You know, that's the thing that really... Uh, endures. That, that's the thing we really ought to trust ourselves in. Everything else is is going by the wayside shortly, including the things people really think a lot of. What what kind of things do men pride themselves on? A lot. A what? A lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, you're right. Like what? Where do I start? Their hair. Yeah. Their hair. Hair. What's going to happen to their hair? gonna fall out. Yeah, it might be. It's gonna turn, it's gonna turn gray. That might be. It's gonna, you know pretty well, though. <laughs> um, Check it off the hair. What they else? Pride, what they else? Do they their like? shoes, their clothes. And what happens to their shoes and their clothes? They, they leave. They wear out. They, they outgrow them. They get outgrow. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah, they get outgrow. Uh, they leave. Yeah. Yes. What, what else do they pride themselves? Athletic ability. And what happens to that? They get old and decrepit. Have you noticed how uh, young athletes? Usually, uh, rearrange their uh, muscle into, uh, table fat, uh, you know. It's great. My brother, my brother wrestles and he's, um, he's saying that he's going to drop weight like 10 pounds just to wrestle. But, but you look at, look at those guys who at 20 were all muscular. At 50, it's all right here. Have you noticed? (laughs) You know, it's, it's, everything passes. God's word doesn't. You know, so that's the key to evangelism, because that's the thing that borns us again. 
That's the key to everything that's stable and lasting. That's the key to our new family relationship. So instead of focusing on these things that glitter and are gone, focus on the enduring Word of God that should give us this special bond of loving each other. That that was very relevant then to these pilgrims, these extraterrestrials who are here on planet Earth like we are. Thoughts and comments? I think it, you can kind of relate it to what's happening right now because of, like, the ban and everything. And there's a lot of people that um, don't, you know, like my brother, he's like, oh, yeah, they're banning him. And I'm like, that's not really, like, my dad and me have tried to explain to him that all Muslims aren't bad, you know. And, I mean, we we don't, like, agree with them, but we shouldn't try to say, oh, you can't come to our country, you know what I mean? But it does illustrate the fact that, you know, people from another country are usually frowned on and often persecuted. And can you imagine how you would feel if you were from another country coming here or if you went from here to another country? There's that awkwardness and difficulty and and tension. And, man, you meet somebody who's a, you know, a fellow citizen of your country, you have that, that close bond. That's what we need to feel as Christians here. We need to see that we are foreigners. We don't fit in here. And we're probably going to get um, rejected to some extent if we're really true Christians. But we've got that special bond between us. This is brothers and sisters. That's, that's the love we have for so in 22, he says, since you have in obedience to the truth, so as you say, and they have, they've obeyed the truth. Yes, I think so. And it sounds like you've done that, and that has purified your souls for this love of the brethren, kind of That's prepared right. it, therefore do it. Exactly. Okay, so since you have gotten your soul ready for the love of the brethren, love one another, <laughs> love the brethren. Do what you've been born again to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is the purpose of our calling, though. I'm going to live it. Very good. All right, chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and 